0: Welcome to season 6, episode 2 of the Drone to 1K podcast. I'm David Young, your host, and today I'm talking with my good friend Cody Retlick of Midwest Aerial Productions and Dronadare. We last talked to Cody I believe in 2020 and he's given us an update on his business from 2020 to 2023 and all the awesome stuff that happened. So we talk about him filming all the drone shots for the Ryder Cup, doing a bunch of cell tower inspections and a bunch of other really cool work that he's done and then he talks about his new business that he launched which is called Dronadare. Tells us what that is and why it's good. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get right into it with Cody Retlick. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Cody Retlick from Midwest Aerial Productions and also Dare. Thanks for coming on, Cody.
1: You bet. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So, if you don't know this already, Cody is a repeat guest on the Drone to 1K podcast. He's been kind enough to return for season 6. He was originally on season 2, episode 9, and we were actually just looking that up. And that was in uh, the spring of 2020 that that was released. I think you and I either recorded that like late 2019 or very early 2020. So about three years ago now. Excited to have you back on and, and give some updates about how your drone business has been doing since then, how life's been going, any other cool things you got going on. So I'm looking forward to, to getting the update.
1: Yeah, it's wild. We were just talking about it and I'll, earlier. it's doesn't seem like three years. I feel like it's it was yesterday, but also then again, I feel like I've known you now for 10 years or more. So it's insane that um, it really only has been three years, but I guess it's, it's not, like not 10 here. years and drone years, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, pandemic years, it's yeah. horrible. So, but yeah, I'm happy to be back on. It's exciting to see ones where, where you guys have come to, just the industry as a whole is exciting kind of where we're going mm-hmm. as well. So
0: for people who ha- have not listened to your, your past episode, let's say somebody's just diving in and they stumble across this episode, they have no idea who you are. Why don't we first start off with giving just kind of a a quick kind of recap of when you started your business, how you started, and then, you know, all the way up until 2020, do that kind of like the expedited version. Give us the Cliff Notes version of how you started your business and where it went
1: from then until 2020. All right cliff knows. i can do that i mean drones i've been flying for 10 years for fun really didn't start actually getting into drones until college where I worked in on a market research project that was all around agriculture and drones which was kind of blew my mind at that time of where drones were going to be in the future and you know that was almost a decade ago so it was kind of insane to see what it had already transpired to be back then so that's where I started the love for drones, kind of get introduced to it, uh, and then worked in sales for a couple of years after school. Hated it. I absolutely hated it, and I wanted to do something. You hated more. sales. I, I hated sales. It was not th- not about the sales. I think it was more about like just the process and the company that I was working for more than anything. Right? It was just gotcha, just ridiculous. They were, you know, it was. What are you doing for me today, right? It's always that mentality, so in sales. But I wanted to do something more passionate, and that was drones for sure. So I I hopped on, quit my job, started caddying out with things straight. If you've heard the story, I did it from networking and marketing. You quit your
0: job and then went to go caddy, so like you weren't even... Wasn't even like your drone business was
1: the drone business up has not been up yet. I had the name, I had my license, I was ready to go with a couple clients, but I wasn't at the point where I was like, "All right, I'm making enough money per month to just fully quit." So I'm like, "Let's go get this side gig." Really only do it four or five times a week, but it, it allowed me the flexibility where I'd only work probably like five to six hours a day um, when I was there, where I could really then build the business and and grow that and have the flexibility to kind of do what I needed to to start this business. Cabbing at Whistling Straits, um, you were doing that. I'm assuming you met some cool people that way? Yeah, for sure. We met a lot of awesome people. A lot of executives, big time names that that you guys would know in the industry, but also like golf industry. But every time you're there, you never know who is going to pass by you at some point, right? I mean, I've seen past presidents. I've seen... The biggest of the big, from Jason Day to I think Rory was there a couple of times. I've I've seen a lot of people just pass through there. It's just an amazing place to be. It's an awesome office. Doing that, I kind of also just picked a lot of the executives' brains of like top level companies that I was meeting to understand kind of like if they were going to use drones in the future, if they had heard of drones being used for inspections or for whatever else. I kind of attributed to what I thought their business could use and then kind of learned from that and started MAP, did that for a couple of years, uh, kind of transitioned it into more of a brokerage model because I saw a fit for a more hands-on approach rather than your typical marketplaces out there of what so they want. Where... Real
0: quick, so MAP, explain what MAP is to everyone since you didn't ex- you haven't talked about that acronym yeah. yet.
1: So Midwest Serial Productions. Um, and where are you from? I'm from Wisconsin. Or okay. as people think I say, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, uh, um, depending so on your But So yeah. you're doing like cheese curd delivery and stuff? Totally. How did you for know? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, <laughs> though, I did just map 360 acres in Wisconsin no. in a town called Cheeseville, Wisconsin. So no, what like. Wisconsin thing you could do? And I had people even from Wisconsin like, that's not a real place. Like you're lying. I'm, like, I'm not actually like, this is real. But it was funny. I'm like this. Is <laughs> anything? Let's
0: talk about that. What were you mapping out?
1: Farm field for the farmers, and then there was also for the sale. of the uh, the farm, so it was going to auction. Okay, we were doing some marketing along with us, uh, like kind of uh, mapping out all of the different properties and the different tracks. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. It's Keysville. Oh, um, um,
0: all right. So when you said you know you started Map, and then you went to a brokerage model, what does that mean? And kind of explain that a bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I started originally, it was just local stuff, right? It was understanding kind of what industries were going to use drones back then and how they were going to use them. But I kind of started gaining traction across the Midwest and then got some clients throughout the United States that then kind of kept pushing the boundaries to what we could do. And I think why we were so successful is because we weren't a typical marketplace. We were really paying the pilots what they deserve. We were, Be hands-on with them, finding the right pilot for a client's specific needs. So we kind of transitioned into the way of let's do it. Let's figure out exactly what these clients need from, you know, if they need thermal, they need mapping, if they need a certain certification or, you know, a certain type of drone, rather than just throwing out a job and seeing who creates the lowest bid or who's sitting at the computer first and can click accept first. Congrats, you got the job, but you're never going to get reoccurring work from that client and you're probably going to be underpaid and now you're just subscribing to the race to the bottom mentality of what a lot of these are right so we didn't want to do that we flipped the margins on on their heads from what typically drone pilots were used to and we just built a lot of really great relationships with the pilots and then our clients and then by doing that we figured out a better way to potentially provide a service and a SaaS solution for both sides of that market.
0: Yeah. And from what I know about your business too, it's like you were doing the drone work and people were finding your website and asking you to do drone jobs, but they just happened to be kind of all over the place. So instead of just being like, ah, uh, we can't do that. You were just like, Hey, let me see if I can find a pilot that I can work with in that area. And it kind of just naturally expanded that way. Right. Where you just kept getting jobs in different places. Or like, I remember you said you got a contract to inspect a bunch of cell towers right and you had to mm-hmm. go find a bunch of pilots all over the country to help you with that job and complete that since they were all over the place and the only alternative was for you to basically not live at home anymore and fly constantly to <laughs> <bunch of> the <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to do search- that
1: I had traveled yeah. around, uh, doing other stuff in the past so I was like yeah, oh, it's not for me but in that way, yeah. We also went to clients from my sales background. I had seeked out a lot of clients that I thought were great for, for drones. But we had a couple nice contracts that were across the United States that allowed us to expand the network and become more of that brokerage model, which, yeah. again, led to us growing the network pretty rapidly.
0: That's awesome. So when year did you start all this up?
1: We officially started, I believe, in 2017, 2016. Okay. 2016. So 2016,
0: 2017, kind of beginning of the Part 107 era, if you will, mm-hmm. to 2020. What yeah. were like some of your like key highlights? Maybe like favorite jobs or like biggest contracts, something like that. What were some of the biggest milestones that you hit?
1: Some of them I still can't name because I have NDAs with them, but you know, or whatever you can't say. Large insurance clients for sure, big towers. My favorite job to this date is still being a part of the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. There's no doubt about that. And hey, um, when was that? That scheduled for 2020, they actually pushed it back to 2021. So all okay. the gear actually, all the Ryder Cup gear still says 2020 on it, which oh, is really? kind of crazy because it didn't happen until 2021. But they didn't want to change all the branding and they already ordered all this merch and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. They they went with it. But yeah, being yeah. part of that was was still today probably my favorite job just because it had a special place in my heart being a caddy there for a few years and oh yeah. Um, or a few seasons, I should say.
0: So let's talk about, so, you, you know, basically insurance companies cell towers. That was kind of some big stuff in 20, or from 2017 to 2020. So then let's pick up in 2020 and go from there because these are going to be fresh stories that no one's ever heard, even if they listened to your old episode. Sounds like one of the first things that happened was you're getting a job to do work for the Ryder Cup, which they hold that at Whistling Straits golf course. Is that
1: right? They did, they did that year. So it rotates yeah. all the time. It's every two years. It's either in the United States or in Europe. And don't quote me on this, but I think it's like seven years out that they plan for each or eight years wow. out of every it's single like one. The Olympics. Yeah. So there's sites that are already determined for a ways out. And, and Whistling got it. And I don't know if they'll ever get another one. I hope they would, but that's probably the really the only they've had PGA championships there in the past. You know, U.S. Senior Opens, things like that. It's just an amazing event to have at your course. And yeah, it's it's Europe versus United States, so it's a true party, which golf is usually not.
0: It's awesome. So, so I guess first tell us what did you end up doing for that golf tournament, and then I'd be interested to hear more details on like how you went about
1: landing that job well because of my relationship with the course i kind of had reached out ahead of time i had done footage for the course and for for the company that owned uh whistling Straits. Uh, so you know i was able to do some of that stuff ahead of time and Ryder cup europe was actually they're they're different entities so they're all separate entities europe US and, and just Ryder Cup in general. So they kind of had passed my name off and Map's name off to Ryder Cup Europe. And we ended up doing some bowl flyovers and some FPV tour stuff of like tee to Green uh, and Clubhouse and that type of stuff. And then you uh, just did a bunch of other stuff for the course as well, being a part of pre tournament type setup of what goes into putting on a Ryder Cup.
0: Well, I remember seeing some of your footage on TV when I was watching TV. At least I remember seeing a golf shot in a commercial that I think you shot. And then there was another one that was like during the Ryder Cup. Some really cool like FPV fly through stuff and then some other shots that ended up on TV. So you're saying Ryder Cup Europe hired you and then the footage that you got for them ended up on like the being broadcast or how did that work?
1: They broadcasted it during the television, you know, air of it. The commercial stuff actually was for a couple other clients as well that were larger local companies uh, in the Wisconsin area that actually just we shot separate commercials for them. Uh, oh, really? Like, super nice. Yeah. So they, I actually didn't even know that those were airing. And I just randomly was watching the Ryder Cup and they turned on and I was like, whoa. It's like, I know, where, I know where that came from. Um, I knew what, I knew what we were shooting for, but I didn't know that they were going to be airing during the Ryder Cup, so that was pretty cool. But oh, yeah, the so. FTV stuff we 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 uh you know brokered out some amazing crew from IDT that um we had a forty-five minute window with the trophy, and literally we got it on the third take, and we were able to to get it done. But it was a tight timeline for us because the trophy is so coveted that it, it has a schedule and it's a very tight schedule of when you can have that trophy. So Describe the
0: shot that they wanted you to get. Was this like dictated by Ryder Cup Europe with like, hey, here's what we envisioned for the shot. Here's what we want. Or were they like, hey, make us something cool. And then you guys had to come up with it. Like,
1: well, how did that work? We kind of collaborated on it together for a while. Um, kind of, you know, a couple meetings back and forth. Initially, we knew that they want to do some sort of FPV stuff. We did on-course compilations of things too. So certain holes we did, like 12 was a very significant par 3. It's, it's one of the most famous ones on the course, as well as 17. So we did a couple there where they, you know, when the final groups were coming up to the those holes, they actually aired those during the during the broadcast, um, which was pretty awesome. Were you doing that with FPV stuff or was that just that regular
0: kind of drone cinematography? No, that was oh,
1: FPV, yeah. So, cool. uh, and then the Clubhouse to Tee. Idea just kind of formed. um I had thought in my head because nobody has ever flown in the clubhouse there that we should show this off. We did. And luckily, we got the approvals. It took a while and a lot of people, but they they allowed us to do it. We ended up going up the clubhouse, through the locker rooms, and like showing off where they were, and then kind of their journey to the first tee. So their walk like that morning of the first day of the Ryder Cup, and then like. We put in crowd noise into the the stadium of like when they would walk out and circle the trophy and then um, nice got that feeling. Yeah. I,
0: I remember a shot, I don't know at what point this was. Don't you fly or not you, but your team fly through a car window or something? When does that yeah. happen?
1: Yeah, right away. We'd come underneath the, the walk and then we'd come through a, you know, I don't even 100,000 plus dollar beamer that we, you know, went through the car windows to and then immediately into the clubhouse front doors.
0: And then you go through the clubhouse, locker rooms, and then you go out to the first tee.
1: Yeah, well, up the stairs into the clubhouse, through the window of the clubhouse, down below like a little trellis that is like a walkway of uh, a patio to the locker rooms, through the locker rooms, through the whole facilities that the players have. And then out to the walkway and through the T box and through the stadium.
0: Do you still have that clip or that footage? Is that somewhere? Like, is that on YouTube or anything? Oh that we yeah, for sure. Link
1: it up. Yeah, well, we can provide right. the link for this for sure.
0: Yeah, we'll put it. We'll put it somewhere. I don't know where you're watching this, but somewhere below or show notes or something, you can look yeah. out for.
1: We'll try to link up that that shot. All
0: right, that's awesome. Did you end up having to do any drone flying yourself on this, or did you just get all team members to fly all this stuff? Yeah,
1: FPV. No, um, we had a team. I think there was like four or five of us there that day for that. Okay. Um, but all the all the whole flyover stuff and then all the pre, you know, everything that was not FPV, I was flying inspired okay. to, I inspired to for that. I want inspired to.
0: Now, were you getting some, was someone else doing the, the camera operating or are you doing the whole thing? Uh, no, I had
1: it. Yeah, we had a cam op and then uh drone op. So I drone opt for most of it or cam opt for some of the whole flyovers because just, like to the, there were certain things that we were doing with the whole flowers or that the client was doing with like strokes gained and, and whatnot that they wanted so there's graphics that came up on the whole flower so at certain times like we wanted the camera to tilt down as we were flying up so that they could like put a graphic over the green show the undulation and show if you know someone goes in this bunker how many strokes on average are they going to lose or gain or how yeah, many, yeah. side of the fairway you know how much how much that'll affect their round. So,
0: so, so you had to have the camera a certain position or certain margins of spots, at uh, specific yes. times. Yeah, yep. that's cool. A lot of planning. It sounds like that goes into all that stuff.
1: The FPV stuff. I mean, we were there for a full day, and we pretty much spent like four or five hours planning, mm-hmm. and then flying course probably for maybe two hours, three hours. That's you know, so yeah. it's equal amount of planning for on course or on day for what just to want. get that just sure. to get that one shot we did some on course stuff too while we were while we were oh yeah there. a couple hours for sure just for the one shot all right so that's early
0: i guess 2021 at that point 2020 into 2021 i think you know one nice thing about you were talking about getting that job it's like you had some existing relationships from having worked there yeah and from knowing some of those people and kind of being a little bit proactive i it sounds like in asking them about Doing footage for, Like, how did that work? Did you just go to the people you knew there and said, hey, I would love to do drone stuff for the Ryder Cup that's coming. Who can I talk to about that? Like, what did that conversation sound like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I had, the like I mentioned before, I had the relationship ahead of time. So, I mean, I was dropping little notes for years before. Oh, really? I was kind of like, hey, whenever the Ryder Cup comes, anything I can be involved in, obviously, you know, I would love to be. So yeah, it was kind of a build up relationship because they like they're like i said they're planned out for years ahead of time so gotcha kind of knew that it was coming and i could plant that seed early so you just using the existing relationships to kind of start that and then you know they were they were gracious enough to just drop our names as well to pretty much everyone else that that needed drone stuff that they could think of which was was awesome
0: nice that's great man let's rewind real quick from 2017 to 2020 can you give us just like a sense of how your business was doing revenue wise like in those early years and as it progressed through 2020 i don't know how specific you want to get everybody loves specific numbers yeah i don't want to force anything out of you but like can you just give us a sense of what that was like and your growth
1: i mean early on it was it was yeah it was a side hustle money right it was nothing crazy i was doing it as a side hustle to try to build it up and gain clients and until about year two-ish, like uh, maybe a half, year and a half to two is when yeah. I really, then it started like, okay, actually I I carried for two full seasons. And then that next season I was one day a week because it was a full-time gig at that point. I just kept <laughs> whistling to keep uh, some relationships going and some, some free call uh, when I could. <laughs> so literally it was... Um, you know by year 3 it was a full-time job for me personally you know making great money as just flying drones and and then as we pivoted it became you know six-figure business and and above and then we kind of were able to transition more into that brokerage model and started you know gaining and and landing more of these larger clients until we decided to pivot once again
0: so let's talk about that so well first off thanks for the recap i think that just helps people get a a sense of time and you know what the possibilities are for yeah. sticking with something actually on that note it's funny i was writing um so we've got this thing if you guys are not familiar it's called the 1k club so we have a course called to 1k if people go through that course once they crack their first thousand um, dollar month they like report all their jobs and stuff in this little portal we have they report their revenue so once they crack their first k month we like welcome them to the, the 1k club and part of you get this little box with like these goodies like a plaque and a shirt and all stuff but one of the things i usually i write a handwritten note that we put in the box so um I was writing one today for a guy that, that is gonna be a part of that is joining that. And I was like just looking up some quick stats on my phone. I'm like, I wonder how long like I wonder how long it normally takes for like a business to to make money or to like make one K. Cause this person hadn't been going for super long, it didn't seem like but I I was Googling some stuff and it said that on average, businesses it takes them eighteen to twenty-four months just to be profitable. Not even to like yeah. make a whole bunch of money, but just to be profitable. And then it says Twenty, I think that's a twenty-five percent of businesses don't even make it t- to year two. They're like folding. The fact that within yeah, yeah, whatever twenty-four months you were making enough to be full-time, and then it grew from there, was you know, I think that's awesome. Is that was that any business or was that drone businesses? Oh, it was just any business. It was like <laughs> general small business okay. issues Yeah, this was this was really in depth. 45-second Google search type of uh, numbers. So, you know, don't <laughs> pull, my, pull my feet to the fire. Yeah, uh, I would be interested
1: to, to see that, though, too, like from a drone business perspective of, like, how many people either A, want to take it full-time or have the ability to be a full-time but are still keeping it as a side hustle because I know plenty of pilots that are, like, they're making enough at their main job and also not drones that they're almost making two, salary, you know, two very yeah. nice salaries um to do it but i oh, i, would, I, I would just love to see those stats i
0: know some people like that where they're just like mm, i work for the government or something like that they're like i get insurance got nice job security like i don't give up the cushiness of it but they're making a pretty good amount of money with drones yeah. if they did it full time they could they could kill it but it's just kind of like sure. i don't want the volatility of business ownership you know it's kind of nice to have a steady paycheck
1: yeah for sure it's a it's a grind and it's not for everybody but it's you know, one of the most rewarding things I would say if you can, if you can do it for sure.
0: Yeah. Rewarding, but also has its own layers of stress involved at times. Thanks for the recap. Helpful to know. I think it's helpful for people listening. So talk about, you know, you, you still have Midwest Aerial Productions even today, right? Like sound like you were out mapping a cheese farm, right? <laughs> Our cheese bill. What kind of farm was it? Obviously there's no such thing as a cheese farm, but. Uh,
1: it's just a lot. I mean, they had Cattle, they had they, you know growing alfalfa, corn. It's kind of valid. okay. So I just it was a dairy farm, but also had a lot of crops and stuff. Dairy like that. farm, that's kind of like cheese farm. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, so for sure, they definitely uh, they ship the dairy off to get made into cheese. Yeah, right, take, right. You can't be called Cheeseville for nothing.
0: <laughs> so I'm assuming that was probably part of Map too, right?
1: That was part of Map. Yeah, and yeah. and honestly, just I don't do a whole lot of those anymore. But it was literally very close to me which is kind of also wild because I thought I would have heard of it by then, but it was, you know, it's like 35, 40 minutes away. So some of those things, if I'm around and I, if I have the time, I'm I'm yeah. so love to do it and, and uh, you know, keeps me sharp.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say, I think it probably good. Kind of keeps you in the game, so to speak of like interacting with clients, knowing what people want, see where the market's at, all that good stuff. Absolutely. So for a job like that, how long did something like that take you to do?
1: That was above four hours. Okay. Yeah. And then would you do
0: you mind sharing like kind of what the revenue would is like on a job like that?
1: Uh it was like twenty five hundred. Okay. Yeah. Not bad man. Yeah. Not bad at all. No, for sure. I'd it's a good hourly. Dude you
0: should call me. I would have flown up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's awesome, man. Okay, so you've got Map, you're still doing some things here and there with that. But I know you have another thing that you've started also, which is like a software SaaS kind of company. So after we did our season 2 episode 9, I talked to Cody. I realized he was crushing it, right? He was like doing six figures with all this stuff. And I'm like, "Dude, this is when I right when we were creating the Drone to 1K course, the first version we ever did." I was like, "Hey man, I want to do a drone business course, right?" I started Drone Launch Academy as a training business. I had flown drones and done, you know, some jobs here and there, but it wasn't like my main focus. But i interviewed all these people on the podcast who were crushing it and that was their main focus and i was like so i want to make a course on this by myself because i don't have credibility and you know i don't know what i'm talking about compared to someone like you so cody was gracious enough to be one of our like main instructors and talk about all the stuff from sales and marketing how to get clients all that all that important stuff yeah i flew up to wisconsin and we filmed together and that's when i got to know you a lot better yeah I think we actually had some cheese curds with some bar. I think we did have
1: some. I think some we did bar. actually. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. I had a break. And yeah, you had give one. me some Spotted Cow and some cheese curds. I mean, you can't <laughs> Wisconsin with all. Uh, dude, that's right. So anyway,
0: so we, we became friends then. And then shortly afterwards, you know, we had follow-up conversations. And,
1: and you were like, hey, I
0: really have this vision to start this kind of software that I think will help drone pilots. And I just think it's been really cool to see you stick with it and see it develop. And now it's like a real thing. So. I don't want to give too much away. I'll let you talk. Why don't you tell us about what that is and, and what it does?
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It is crazy to see kind of the transition because I have been wanting to do it for probably four to five years. But really the last two and a half years is when we started developing it and we finally have a, a first version paid product for the pilot side of the platform back in may that we released and we're, we're super excited you know um to have pilots on it using it and giving us feedback because it was started for them in mind because at the end of the day we felt that we wanted to help pilots grow and scale a business that they can make it full-time because like as we talked about in the past there's a lot of other companies that are doing brokerage uh, in a way where it's not helpful for anybody but themselves. Kind of like the
0: pilot networks and stuff out there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Everyone, you know, I feel like there's so many pilot networks out there these days, right? But a common problem that we found was that, you know, pilots aren't able to create these recurring relationships. And at the same time, they're having 50 to 60% of their time just doing tasks that they don't like to do, right? They want to get back to flying. And that's what we have created. So it's kind of with us working with hundreds and thousands of pilots throughout the last, you know, six, seven years, really, we kind of taken a lot of their feedback, our own experiences, and put it into something where they can use it to automate their business from the operational backend standpoint. So book jobs, get paid, use it as a mission management, file transfer structure, so client management, all in one with your current clients, with your prospective clients, um but then uh, our enterprise model that'll come out later this year then we really take the that that brokerage model to a new level where um we allow you know the pilots to tap into larger pilot network groups or companies that need drone services continuously right and then they can kind of be able to create these recurring relationships, but the clients then also get a way for them to automate their distribution of missions and data and and deliverables and know that they're going to get a quality product, but also consistently and not have to find and locate and vet and interview all these pilots and not know where they were, you know, how did they get the files from them? What license did they have? Or are they insured? Everything all in one, right? So it's giving both enterprise clients, drone pilots and drone companies, SaaS tools to automate, you know, their business together. But then it's also giving them a way for them to interact and create reoccurring relationships rather than just these one off type of of jobs that they can both grow their businesses together then.
0: And real quick, it's called Drone there. You never said no, that.
1: Meant. I do <laughs> you did or not, but yes. drone. Well, I introduced
0: it at the very beginning and you also have a shirt on. So, I mean, I think people can figure it out. I am
1: in a blank office right now too, because we just moved. So usually there, there's <laughs> something up there it's about true. it, but I couldn't remember.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, I think it's really cool. You know, it's, it basically replaces your billing, showing people your portfolio, booking jobs. So it can almost kind of replace your website. A lot of these kind of things that you would have to set up or pay for individually, even just at the, the base level. So I think it's pretty nice.
1: A drone pilot's perspective, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you look at it as a sales funnel slash marketing tool slash invoicing proposals, file management transfer, all that stuff really interworn yeah. for sure. But kind it's of- geared towards drone pilots and creatives. Yeah, so you don't have to use Dropbox or
0: Google Drive. I haven't used this software a lot, not, not yours, but the, um, like another one. So I know for like wedding photographers and stuff, there's like HoneyBook. I'm not sure if you've yeah. ever heard of that. Yeah, yeah, It feels like a little bit like that, but for drone pilots, again, I don't have a ton of experience with that, but just yeah. from, you know, yeah,
1: in a way, there's definitely something to, like to it for sure. Certain yeah. elements is just more geared towards drone pilots. And obviously then the connection of the enterprise is, is where we really, right. Just, the yeah. next kind of like level up. Yeah. Yeah that's
0: no, awesome. So, if you guys are interested, don't worry, this is not like a a sponsored podcast to just no, Cody's going. I wanted I just think it's a great software and so I want to no, I want talk about it. One more thing, just something that's awesome that I just love that you do that I want to comment <laughs> you on. I literally text Cody about this. I'm like, say. Say, I already know what you're going to talk do, about. What do you say when you're trying to do this? Like I'm tra- I'm I'm so over here trying to extract uh tips from Cody. So Cody is the king of trading services. Like This man gets so much crap for free, like vacations, a garage door, a garage floor, all this stuff. And he gets it for free by negotiating trades with people. So just tell us real quick about what you're getting for your Ritz Carlton. And not only does he get trade, he usually gets stuff for free and then figures out how to get paid like on top of it for doing this crap. Full disclosure, I want to turf my backyard and get like an awning built out there. with some other stuff, it's probably like fifteen grand worth of work at least in my backyard. I'm not going to pay for that right now, mm-hmm. so I'm over here like, all right, Cody, what can I do to get this price <laughs> down or free? But tell us, okay. so you're going to the Ritz Carlton in Hawaii, right? And playing golf
1: and doing a whole bunch of other stuff, yeah, basically for free and kind of getting paid too, right? We're going to break even and uh, probably make a little bit after we're done with everything. But um, so you're
0: getting paid to go on vacation at the Ritz Carlton in Hawaii. And tell us how.
1: Yeah. So we were, we were going to go out to Hawaii. Uh, a couple of friends of ours, they had won a trip from their work and they asked us to go with. And I said, no, but yes, like I would love to, but we, you know, just bought a house and it's expensive and we were just there a couple of But I'm like, wait, let me just, let me just try to work something out. Or That's where to, that Cody brain comes in. Yeah. I'm oh, like, hold on. I'm um, not going to say no yet. Let me just yeah. try to find something. Right. So. I kind of reached out to some contacts that I had in the past from there from my previous trips. I did work with a golf course there in the past. So I reached out to them. They kind of made a connection. I told them I was looking for a place to stay, to trade. And then they had a couple of contacts for me at the Ritz, which we ended up working out a deal for. And then I reached out a couple other places and we got some trades as well with that. And then also some money on top for creating some content and just providing some raw footage and photos and things like that too so all in all i was kind of i was thinking about it the other day I was like adding it up because they even offered a pretty sick deal to our friends for a rate for like a room rate which i'm like okay if we're adding all this up it's 15 to 20k very easily and like if you
0: were to go spend cash on that
1: yeah yeah for sure and I'm i'm gonna make a little bit of cash off of it um actually i won't because i bought some new equipment just for it but that's when I'm that's breaking even. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to get a new, I'm going to rent a lens. I'm going to, I already had the Mavic 3 Pro ready to rock. I just bought a couple other accessories for it and all this other nice. stuff. And I'm like, you know what? So you're shooting some like marketing materials for the Ritz Carlton
0: Hotel, right? And then are you doing some stuff for the golf course too?
1: Yeah, so a couple golf courses, two different golf courses and then the Ritz. So we'll be shooting a whole bunch of drone stuff for both of them. We're doing some fun flyovers and some, you know, fun marketing material for them, some behind the scenes, and some social media stuff. So there'll be there'll be a bunch out there, but yeah, it's kind of exciting to see that it happened so quickly and immediately once it all kind of came together. I was like why am I not doing this more for trips? Like this is, I, I've done it in the past, but I've not done it to this level because I just haven't really given it a go at it for trips. I do it for everything else, but I just don't do it for trips. I'm like, I need to do this more often. This is awesome. I love it. I love it. I'm trying to copy your, copy
0: your methods. But why so,
1: not Pay for so, this stuff anyway, right? Yeah.
0: Here's the thing. I think people, you get afraid of rejection. We have a drone business course, right? we talk people through this like, oh, just call someone like, Kind of just get over the fear of like uh someone turning you down or whatever but i can see how people get hung up because even as i was thinking about reaching out i'm like well shoot how would i approach this i'm like what would i say what would i show them you know like you get nervous thinking like, well, what if they think that that sucks? And what if they're like offended, you know? And you're in you the, the same exact
1: spot as that. I know or beforehand. Uh, what know. does it matter, right? I, mean, I know. What? I know. Exactly. The fear of rejection is real. But I, I think once you can get over that, who cares at that point? It's like, all right, no, no worries. You're good. I'm I know. Like then I'll move on to the next one. I, I probably reached out to 20 people or 20 different places or companies or things like that. Not places. There was a couple snorkeling tours. There's a couple like catamaran stuff, like some zipline, Mm -hmm. that type of stuff. You know, because I was gonna do a whole vacation off of like a couple hours of work at each one of these spots, and then you know, so it turned out that the first three ended up working out eventually. But right away, I probably messaged fifteen to twenty of them, right, like within the first couple of days. So it's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So if we you learn anything
0: from this this podcast episode, if you have any type of drone skills, video production skills, offer up a trade. There, at very least, maybe they'll give you a discount.
1: I've seen it work in so many different ways too. Like you know, creators with athletes giving them free content, like trading their services. Obviously, like you're getting experience, you're getting portfolio work you're getting the discount of you not buying or, you know, if you're trading that type of stuff, like you're trading either marketing or portfolio for your own or you're trading stuff that you're going to buy for anyways, And a relationship starter with some clients that you might want to become closer with in the future. So, you know, it's just opens the doors to more opportunity as well. And then more people might see yourself eventually.
0: Well, maybe if we do a third episode with you in the future, I can report back on if I got free turf or not. And maybe I'll have a I, I can yeah i'm left to give you a little script rundown or something we need to do a workshop in our drone launch connect membership does only how to get free stuff by trading your let's dresser. do
1: it i i would bring a bunch of examples i just got a, we got a free invisible fence coming uh when i get back for my dog because we were training an install video for it how do you <laughs> film an invisible fence cody what do you do film I, the air they have it's invisible right not <laughs> yeah they have a machine. It's kind of like a... Believe know, me, guys, you don't see anything in this video, but there's a fence there. There's right. a fence being installed. You guys on the machine installing yeah. it around your property, it's kind of like dra- dig the trench and then puts like the wire below the, the property and then yeah, we're yeah. showing them off like, doing the training of the dog and that type of stuff. So, cool. I mean... Yeah, it, you find a way, right? I mean, if, if they need the content and they're down for it, I mean, right. they're going to pay for content anyway. So if they can just, at the end of the day, they only have their costs too, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Cheaper
0: for them than then than taking profit money and then hiring a video production crew, right? Like everybody's just like operating a little bit cheaper rates. For sure. Yeah. I love it, man. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on. You guys right. want to check out Cody, Midwest Aerial Productions, yeah. Midwest Aerial production. yeah. Dot com. Yeah. Um, you're on Instagram, Midwest Area Production in Dare. Also, drone Adair spelled drone, A-D-A-I-R, correct? Correct. You link all this stuff up, too. Yep, yep. Um, so check all that stuff out. Um. Also, if you just want to see more of Cody's face, you might recognize him from our Drone to 1K program. Go back and listen to his other older podcast episode if you want. Cody, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. I always enjoy it.